0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. And for the next couple hours, we're going to talk about cars. And you're welcome to talk about your car. All you have to do is give us a call, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And you're making model and what kind of problems are you having? Describe the symptoms. We're going to ask questions. And we is going to be Alan, my son, and Andy, my daughter. They've been in the business for 20 years. Andy um takes care of the money, and Alan takes care of the staff, <laughs> the two of them um kind of work it out together right yep right mm-hmm. okay yeah. i'm going to put your mic right there okay okay and then and then that gives, shows your voice a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's been interesting as i'm i'm I, as you both know, I get a lot of magazine trade magazines and talking about cars and new cars and stuff. One of the things is, is they talk about the newer cars have huge spaced out service intervals. Mm-hmm. So some oil changes that are ten and 15,000 miles apart. But what I find interesting is, is so much of the discussion talks about selling. And when the car comes in, this is what you do. And I, I'm thinking that in reality, there's a lot of cars. We used to do things at 30 and 60 and 90 all the time mm-hmm. and those were liquids we did lots of fluids and we don't do those now but we still have the tire rotation and we still have to check the brakes mm-hmm. we still have the flushing of the cooling system there's a lot of stuff that we still have to do are you finding lots of stuff that needs to be done or is it is, on a scale of one to ten are, are is half the cars have something that needs to be done a third of the cars don't have anything i mean do you or are we seeing those kinds of things or are we not i would say it depends on the mileage i mean
2: uh, pretty much you can bet your bottom dollar that anything prior to 50 is not going to need anything yeah okay uh 50 fifty thousand miles Fifty thousand. and
3: 60 is going to be minor still yeah minor I mean, even, services 60 70 80
2: yeah i would say even 50 to 100 is not going to be a not going to be an exponential amount of work you know, it just like you said spaced out intervals better fluids um seem to be better belts and hoses you know better rubber components and stuff like that but uh yeah, 100 plus is where it really starts to get hairy.
1: And I'm, I'm glad you both brought that up because we used to do lots of stuff at 30, 60, 90. Mm-hmm. And I think most everything is no closer to that 100K mm-hmm. mark. Yeah. And it's really a 100K mark. It's not necessarily one year, two years, or three years. Because if someone drives 10,000 miles a year, they're 10 years away from 100K. And so it, it, it really, we're seeing and I'm seeing, and you guys look at owner's manuals a lot, we're really focusing on mileage as opposed to time. And we don't really. How many car? How many cars do we have that come in for uh, three thousand miles once a year? Oh, a fair amount. Well, in, uh, in the Ahwatukee Mountain yeah. Park Ranch area. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. There's, and I think a lot more with just what's going on. A lot less. You know, people are driving a lot less, so you're seeing more now. Service, oil changes, and stuff that you might do be doing based off of time, not necessarily mileage, um, as opposed to. It used to be, you know, they might not. They they're, they were driving a lot more before.
1: Okay. Do you have customers that come in that um, ask for a service that you know is needed or not needed? Two sided question.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. Give oh, yeah.
1: me an example.
2: We had a lady come in the other day that uh, I don't know. It had been a year and a half to do an oil change, and she had said she needed oil change, and she had like 230 miles on the car.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no matter what oil she had, she had it was fine.
2: Yeah, like 230. Like I have more than that on my bike.
4: No, yeah, really. right. No, yeah, not really. No, we don't believe that. <laughs> not really. Uh, y-
2: you know what? Though, in, in in fairness, it is good to check because uh, you know a lot of a lot of my customers. We we see a lot of jeeps and stuff, and and those things burn through differential fluid pretty good. Uh, why? Moisture, you said it, uh, but why? Well, because they use it. They use okay. it off road. They use it at slow speeds. They use it under uh, demanding conditions, if you will. Um, moisture sometimes. Um, they'll be, you know. moisture
1: means they've been in water yeah
2: yeah yeah two feet going through a river or something like that and it fills up the (laughs) the uh you know the pumpkin with with water something like that but yeah there's it's still good to check because we do see it occasionally where or you know the other thing too is it's it's good to get ahead of it it's good to still check it in case you do have something wrong you know all of a sudden you have that off chance that you have a tranny i mean we've seen some really early trannies lately that uh that um you know maybe had they been checked earlier uh, you know, we could have gotten ahead of it. Even early
1: trannies. Describe early ch- trannies. Uh,
2: less than 80K. Okay. Less than 80,000 miles where a tranny goes bad.
1: Okay. And so let me shoot that both of you. What's the, what's the average life of a transmission we see before we start messing with it? Give me a range. Name the product. Wait, and <laughs> because, what do
3: you mean start messing with
1: it? Uh, when, when, it when, we start, when we start having to deal with slipping or uh, um, a leak, a bad leak, or whatever, major service. Major service, whether... I mean, it, it, that really comes down to the product.
2: We did a van the other day, uh, a 450 van. It had like 63,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. And it just, the thing, they just, it was a, I don't know. A mo- 450, that's a Ford. No, uh, no I'm it, sorry. Okay. I, no, a, tell me, what, what, what? You was got, it the E yeah, it was an E450 yeah, gas E450, motor. Yeah. yeah, E450 van. Okay. Uh, with like 63,000 that had burned through the training. It's way overloaded and had a tiny engine in it, and, and employees are driving it. A-
1: okay, good, good. So there's a, there's a cause and an effect, and yep. then and and And, 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 and when repair. I
2: talked to our uh, transmission guy, he had said this was like the third lowest. I mean, there was a couple sub-50,000 miles.
1: So what's the average time, what's the average mile that we do transmissions on? I would say 100 to 150, probably. Exactly what I was going to say. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what? What is the line with respect to the make, model, or the year of the car? Are we talking for the last ten years from 2010 upwards? We're seeing trannies going 100, 150,000 miles. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Some of the we
2: we see we're seeing a lot of failures now with the CVT stuff, and that's all sub 100. Okay, you have to describe CVT constant uh, velocity transmission mm -hmm. in. In uh, Nissan's, uh, what, Toyota? Yeah. they are in quite a few things. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And they're just, you can't rebuild them. They, you know.
2: Well, I'm I'm sure someone does. Yeah. None of our our people rebuild them. Yeah. The
3: cost to, for local shops, I should say, the cost to rebuild them, they say, is greater than just buying a whole new one. It's so. in a box.
1: You buy the whole transmission yeah. in a box. So
3: obviously, yeah, someone's rebuilding yeah. them. But.
1: And CVT is constant velocity transmission, constant velocity torque, but it's kind of a one-speed transmission. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't shift. shift. No. So it just goes, yeah, there's none of that, yink, yink, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. there's none of that stuff. Mm-mm. So, But that, that doesn't represent even 1% of the cars out there, 2% of the cars, 5% of the cars. Mm. It's starting to get a lot more common. Yeah. I mean, we've is done,
2: it? I think, three in the last two months maybe okay um yes so, well no of the of the general cars probably not but of the transmission problems we're seeing that number's a lot bigger okay yeah. 10 to 20
1: percent maybe yeah. okay all right and then tell me air conditioning major because this is what i hear on this is the emails i get my car's approaching eighty thousand miles, and i've been told i'm going to need a transmission and need air conditioning overhaul i'm going to need a complete cooling system replacement and all that kind of stuff so you i need a new shop <laughs> that's what? the first thing you need. <laughs> Say that again. Yeah, I said you need a new shop.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh, have not heard that before. That's, that's a good the first, answer. That's the first
2: thing you need. No, yeah, that's true. I, I tell my customers with with. With few uh, with few exceptions on preventative maintenance stuff, you fix stuff as it comes. Yeah. Especially like six liter Fords, just, you know, the, the, the those problematic Fords, people say, I'm so scared of, you know, I want, no, 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 you're going to have plenty of repairs. We're going to become very good friends. Just let's <laughs> fix it as it comes. Okay. Fair there, enough.
3: There's, yeah, I mean, fix it as it comes. You don't, people say, I don't want my AC to go out, so I'm going to replace the whole system. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, preventative maintenance is real. I mean, obviously, to do that and transmission services and things like that. But
1: just to do it because you're worried about when it's going to happen is and, the is and crazy. And I, I get so much of that on the email side that you know, I've been told this and I'm scared of this. And I'm going to – and all right, so this is my famous line. The only motors we replace – are ones that have been overheated a lot or run low on oil rarely do we just replace one that's that's just tired and dead and if they are name the mileage for me approximate alan oh i would say 300 plus and yeah uh, and i would and they're too. mostly
2: diesels and they're mostly people who um you, you know use them probably abuse them and just know it's just not worth fixing and in like I t- like I've told you guys a million times, most of my customers say it costs more. No matter what it costs in your shop, it costs more in the shop than than. How does that saying go? Uh, it it, it, it costs more in, in downtime. Yeah. than It does in your shop. Yeah. Just get it. You know, I need it reliable.
1: Okay. And I need it. Yeah, to do work to make money. Right. And and that's 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 a, a, another thing when you start looking at. 100,000 miles, like my truck's at 120 right now, and I think you just did the 100,000-mile service the last time I was in or mm-hmm. whatever. But that seems to be the new marker. We're not doing 30s, 60s, and 90s anywhere. We're really kind of hopscotching. And, and, and I'm trying to talk generically across yeah, the board right. on all the cars. 100,000 miles is let's we got to prepare for the next 100. So belts and hoses and fluids and filters and all the stuff that mm-hmm. you need. But we don't – tell me how many times you guys have replaced – a air conditioning system in a car that was working properly because they were scared it was going to break. I've, I've not no. done one. Yeah, we just don't do it. No, no, because the worst case scenario is you don't have any air. Roll down your window and drive home. Who cares? Yeah, a- unless of course there's some major health problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we got a caller. Gil. Who might that be? It'd be Joe. Joe. Good morning.
4: Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Good. Thank you. Good. Well, I got a 2019 Silverado. On um, it's the 4.3 V6. It's EcoTech, about 44,000 miles on it. And just recently, when I go to start I've been hearing just enough of a little squeak, uh, just, just, just enough to hear it. Sounds like there might be some metal on metal. It starts right up with no problem, um, no other issues.
1: When is this, When it, the noise you hear, is it during the cranking process or when the engine starts up?
4: Uh, I, I would say, well, okay, I, I go and turn the key, and then uh, I hear it. As the
1: engine is starting up, any idea? It wouldn't be a fan belt because mm. we don't have enough speed on the fan belts for the cranking speed to to have that.
2: I mean, really, the it's only cut. thing it could be is maybe a, a starter,
1: but uh, maybe. It, yeah, but but that's not a typical. Let's replace the starter symptom. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, for we're sure. We're a long way away from that. Uh, right. Have you
2: have you tried it? Like, just for example, have you tried it maybe with the AC off?
4: um no i haven't
2: you know with a little less load on that belt hey you're right
4: i think you're on the track right there okay yeah you... I, I wasn't planning on changing any belts to a hundred thousand
1: no what we're saying is is when you sit if you leave the ac on at night when you shut the car off the ac is on when you hit the starter the starter disengages everything on the motor. Otherwise, the computer doesn't let anything go. That radio doesn't play when you're cranking it over. But when you let go of the key because the engine starts, it turns the air conditioning back on immediately. And I we're see. wondering if that's the noise you're hearing.
4: Okay. Is that so, a problem?
1: No, no, because all that's happening is, is that as soon as the engine starts, the air conditioning clutch, which is electric, clutch applies the compressor and the compressor there's going to be a little bit of a squeal till we get the compressor moving
2: i Uh, would say the only time it's going to be a problem is if it becomes more prevalent you know starts happening every single time for longer periods of time or if it gets louder
4: right okay
5: but if you just shut
1: the air off before that night and it doesn't happen the next morning or the next morning or the next morning then we've got it nailed you're applying the clutch immediately after the engine starts and that's the noise you're hearing
4: I see. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, sounds good. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We have five lines open. Gil answers the phone, and he'll ask you your name, and he'll put you in queue, and then he'll whisper in my ear, Mark, we've got Fred or Joe or John or whoever. So that's 602-508-0960.
6: Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. Take the Patriot
7: with you wherever you go. The 960 the Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason
6: 24/7. Joe didn't talk to a mattress firm sleep expert. And when hunger led him to the deli, junk sleep left his wallet at home. Oh. Uh, did I Leaving Joe checking every single pocket. No, no. Uh
2: twice. Oh
6: to the frustration of everyone in line. For the type of sleep that makes wallets unforgettable, head to Mattress Firm and unjunk your sleep today.
8: You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman to save money. We need a new stuntman! You just need feedthepig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. You have
7: questions. Let us be the answer. 960 The Patriot.
9: Up from under my hood, well, welcome back everybody, hand. 21 this minutes after
1: the hour, 10 o'clock, Mark Salem here at strong your strong service. Strong. And we want to talk real quick about a, a shop that I'm real familiar with, or as a matter of fact, any of them that I talk about, um, I'm real familiar with. Blackwell Automotive's at 40th and Greenway. I called him the other day and I said, this guy's got an old VW with fuel injection in it. It's like, I don't know, it's a 60s model, I think. And I'm looking for somebody to do it. And he says, I hate those cars. And I said, I didn't ask you if you hate those cars. I asked you if you knew somebody to do it. And he goes, not only do I know somebody who can do that, I know somebody who owns every piece of equipment necessary to work on that VW. But it's going to cost him $2,500 or more to put that back together because it's 10 years old and it's been sitting. I said, fine, I'll give him your name. (laughs) (laughs) So he sends me an email and he goes, the guy you bring in the VW bug in a couple of days so come to find out he has all the knowledge and the equipment and he goes oh that's one of those old bellows kind of fuel injection system and it's got a rocker arm and the bushing wears out and he's wrapping all this stuff up and i'm going i believe you i believe you yeah i'm just looking for a shop that needs can work on this old vw so blackwell automotive is at 40th and greenway let's and we do we have a phone do we have any, oh we've got somebody on the phone who might that be
9: oh you read my mind let's call her scott
1: scott good morning how can we help you
5: Hello, Mark. Yeah, I've got a 2003, uh, Chevrolet with the, uh, Duramax diesel with the Allison Tranny.
10: Okay.
1: And
5: I've got the 185,000 on it. And the ABS light, uh, I've been fighting with it for a couple of years now. The ABS light won't go off. And if it does go off, the, uh, vehicle pulls to the right and it pulsates on that, uh, on that front brake. And I've tried changing the sensors in the front end in the hub. Tried changing the height of the sensor off of the hub, and cannot seem to get get it to the right spot. And I I've, I've called the company that rebuilt the ABS module, and they said ninety five percent of the time it's those sensors in the front wheel hub. So didn't know if you guys have heard of that or run into that.
2: Uh, we see a lot of ABS issues on those on those older uh, 25 now, did you just do the sensor or did you do the whole hub?
5: I did the whole hub
2: Both. you so you've done both front hubs Yes, I have okay. Okay, so both front hubs are good uh, My guess is probably something with the ABS module. We see a lot of ABS modules go bad on those things um, There's not a ton in that do you know what the code is by chance
5: uh, no, I don't.
2: Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. If you've done both hubs, and uh, which obviously comes with the ABS wiring and all the ABS wiring is in good shape, um, it's going to be something yep. electronic, probably uh, uh, probably under the hood, and you're probably going to need some
1: uh, more equipment than you currently have to, to diagnose that. Well Let me ask you a question. We've got scanners that we can plug into that, and we can go drive it and watch the ABS sensors. We can watch the speed sensors. We can watch the performance of each sensor, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when we drive that... I know that last time I went and drove one with, uh, I think it was with Ron, we did tight circles in, this, in a parking lot, left circles, right circles. We went fast and slow. We made 90-degree turns. We made 180-degree turns. And we could actually watch that one sensor fall out Yeah, where we lost the speed signal from the sensor. When you get the ABS light, is there going to be a code that pinpoint point the corner, or does it just say ABS? If it,
2: if it is a corner issue then yes it, it will uh say left front right front it'll say right front vehicle speed sensor okay. erratic or it'll say you know something to that effect
1: now he's got just one in the back end of that right
2: yeah it could be could be something in the rear well if it's pulling it's probably not something in the rear but
1: uh yeah he's got one in the rear as well yeah but it has to be something in the front because he said the pull that was the key, key yep. thing that they said yeah did that make sense to you
5: yeah, it did, and and on the two thousand three, they only have the sensors in the front. They don't have any in the rear at oh, they, all. So okay, okay. It just stymied me,
2: and and okay. you all know right. the the other thing you could have too is you could have something like a a caliper hanging up. Where, you know, that one, that that could get your pull. You know, you got a right front caliper hanging up and it's pulling to the right, but it's also allowing that speed sensor to read differently than the left front speed sensor. And it's seen a differential, uh, it's seen a differential between the two. You know, the left might say 60 and the right might say 55. And
1: Um, and then I want to throw in too that you'll know that the caliper's hanging up because the pads are worn unevenly. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, in, the inside. The
3: evidence of it.
1: Yeah, the evidence of it. Inboard pad means the caliper's hanging up. The outboard pad means the hardware's hanging up. So the accelerated pad wear, outboard, put a new hardware kit on both sides. On the inboard side, that you're going to replace... And it's always a good idea, based on your $185,000, i would put a pair of calipers on the front of it if I was going to do it at all.
2: Yeah. But this is... Honestly, this is a really easy fix uh, with the proper tools. I mean, that's that's something we can knock out in.
1: Put a dollar work. sign to the fix between what and what? Oh, uh, well... I- Dia- diagnosis <laughs>
2: would be, you, you know, 100, probably 149. Um, but then, like I said, it, it's hard to say. I mean, that ABS module could be real expensive. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Okay, but just the diag, probably somewhere between what 125, 150. Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And, and okay. we're speaking. And generally, when we give prices, we're we're trying to, to bracket the industry the best we can. There's going to be guys that are a little less than that. There's going to be some guys that are like dealers that are going to be more than that. But our bracket just seems to be something we're comfortable with. Okay.
5: Oh, that helps a lot. Thank you.
1: Okay, no you bet. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And we got another caller. Who might that be? And we have Tony. Tony, good morning.
11: Hey there. Good morning, Mark. Uh, another air conditioning issue question, sure. and it has to do with a nineteen ninety seven Ford Explorer. Uh, it's got the four plane liter, and it's not AC problems under the hood. It's uh, right there at the dash inside the cab when the selector switch, it only runs on AC where it blows cold air on max. Once I click it down to the regular AC, it starts blowing hot air. You know, without, I'm not changing the temperature gauge or nothing or the temperature selector or nothing. And then when I try turning it off on the same selector switch, it, when I hit the, to the off, it starts blowing hot air down around my feet and up there in the defroster. So I'm wondering uh, what can be done, you know, to to try and you know correct that selector switch.
2: It's going to be. It's likely going to be the blower motor resistor.
1: That's what uh, I thought too.
2: Yeah, it it probably burned up and shorted some of those wires in that connector. Uh, pretty common issue, especially when it only happens on one speed. Typically, what happens is it'll work on every single speed except for high. You just have the opposite. Yeah, well, it's
11: not the fan. It's not the fan at all. It's the selector for where it's going to be blown, you right. know, for AC or hot cool. or anything like that, minute, that. Wait a minute,
1: wait a minute. That's called the mode switch. So you're talking about defrost, center vent, and floor? Yes. Okay, that's called mode, yeah.
3: So what, it wouldn't be a door or an actuator or something uh, in there? Right, I mean, because he's saying it's blowing hot, but it's like, is it heater hot or is it just is real it hot air? Hot, yeah, where's the air
1: AC. coming from? Because if you're recirculating, you're pulling air from inside the car, cooling it off and putting it right back in the car. So if you go to max air, what does it do on max air?
11: On max, it blows AC fine. And then when I click it down to to regular AC, it starts blowing hot air.
1: Now, Regular, you take it off max and you go to normal?
11: Right, and it blows hot air then.
1: Okay. Well, it's got to be a mode problem. Yeah, it's gotta be something. And the question is, is are, there's a door underneath the, behind the glove box and it's going to go inside air or outside air. And obviously yours is not doing that. So the question is, is the signal being sent? Is it being accepted? And is this door moving? So that's the diagnostic process. What part of town do you live in?
11: Uh, I'll take it to Blackwell. Oh God! Uh, that's what I'm going to go and read. All right, All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're
3: sorry. Yeah,
1: just we're kidding. sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, don't say that we said there sent you there. Okay, I'm just telling you. Just don't, don't, don't say we sent you there because, oh, you know, sometimes he's an honorary sob. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's an honorary one. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Alan Salem, Andy Salem, Mark Salem. We're at your service.
7: They try to silence us, but our voice just got louder. The new wave is coming. We've succeeded. People just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative. It challenges their
12: assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Race socialism, they think it's great. If you want to go outside and celebrate Joe Biden, if you want to kick around a pillowed effigy of Donald J. Trump, that's perfectly safe. The tech overlords censoring our speech, right? I call this diet fascism. They say, you can't see this, you can't see this. We're doing it to protect you. It's It's for your safety.
13: Speaker Pelosi
5: was holding the American people hostage for political gain. This was never about what was best for the American people, never about honest policy disagreement. It was about preventing President Trump from getting any credit. It was about politics.
7: Candace, DeSantis, Crenshaw, really the conservative voice has never been stronger. 960 The Patriot,
8: a voice that speaks for you. even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover tar from your 80s cover band? goodwill donate stuff create jobs find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org a message from goodwill and the ad council
9: when i grow up i want to be a new pair of blue jeans when i grow up i want to be a kid's first computer when i grow up i want to be a glass countertop in a new home when i grow up i want to be
8: a kid's best birthday present when i grow up i want to be a football stadium when i grow up i want to be a warm place on a cold day when i grow up i want to be a
9: fancy back
8: i
12: up, i want to be a bike that races around the when country when i grow
8: up i want to be a
13: bench on a forest when I trail grow up, i want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. i want to be a
9: skyscraper i want to be a i want to be a, a bee beaut- I, I, be I, I, I want to be i want to be when i beautiful. Beautiful. grow up i don't want to be a piece of garbage and if you recycle me I won't be.
7: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org, a public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.
4: All about that demon, the the metal monster with the wheels, the end result of the dream of Henry Ford.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody, 34 minutes after the hour, and let's talk about Strictly Service, Strictly Diesel, I should say. And I've known Nate for a very long time, and he's really a great guy. He is Mr. Diesel, as far as I'm concerned, in the north area. He's at Pinnacle Peak and I-17. He's been around a very long time. He knows both foreign and domestic, light diesel trucks, Chevy, Ford, and Dodge. He's really good at what he does, but he's really not willing to try to fix it over the phone. He says, I get a lot of calls, but he says, I'd prefer that they just tell me you're making and model and give me the symptoms, and I can give them kind of a menu of what it is that they might be faced with. I'll ask them, does it blow blue smoke? And so, is it black smoke? And so forth and so on. Nevertheless, Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. He's a Better Business Bureau A rated shop. He's got some great technicians, and he's been around a long time. His name is Nate, Strictly Diesel Service and Repairs. Bill, good morning. How can we help you this morning?
13: Hi, uh, yes. I have a 97. Uh Chevy C1500. It uh, got a manual transmission. I bought it from my father and he bought it new and it's uh, pretty much been a lemon ever since he bought it. He uh or when he got it it did not have a tilt steering or cruise control and they said well for $500 you can get cruise control and tilt steering or for $300 we'll put in an aftermarket uh cruise control. So that's what he went with to save the two hundred bucks, and it uh, never worked right. He, he took it into the shop like nine times, and uh, he just gave up on getting it fixed. But uh, um, so is that the, the problem-
1: question? Is that what you want to do? Is is get the cruise fixed?
13: Um, well, I was interested at one point, but right now it's uh, so falling apart that uh, I'm not sure it's even worth thinking about. Um, But most of the problems seem to be electrical. Uh, One of the issues is uh, every once in a while, it will go through a rash of push the clutch in, turn the ignition, and all the noises that are supposed to uh, happen before it starts happen, but then uh, nothing comes out of the starter. And... uh, Okay, so then let me it, let me do
1: let me shortcut that real quick for you. I hit the key, I hear a click, but I hear I don't hear the motor turning over.
13: Uh, right. Okay. Good. Um, Let's go been, to the next one. It's been an intermittent problem for over ten years. Um, I finally figured out that if I hit the the steering column or the steering wheel while I'm turning the ignition, that it'll start right up, no problem. Okay. Um so- what's the question what what, what uh, any clue what's going on here because it uh, I I can't repeat what makes this problem and uh. okay
1: well I, I let me comment first of all this truck wasn't a giant piece of junk um, it's it's new technology and when it came out in 1997 we didn't know a whole lot so we weren't real good at fixing it so I'm not quite sure I'd label this truck a you know a genuine lemon from the day one. I'd say that the industry, it took a while for us to catch up. Number two, I'm not going to be fixing your car by taking the steering wheel apart. I'm going to hook up different equipment to it that doesn't take but five or ten minutes. And I'm going to watch the voltage to the trigger and the trigger to the starter solenoid, the motor. And, and I'm going to watch all of that happen because if you go to my website, MarkSalem.com, And you go to FAQ 28, which is my doesn't, it doesn't start. It talks about it clicking, clicking hard, and no clicking at all when you go to the start position. And then you said you had a manual transmission on this, right? Yep, correct. Okay. That also causes we got a clutch switch on there too. So that clutch switch has to be working because it's not going to let you start it with it in gear. So this isn't right. a tough one. No. <laughs> the diagnostic on this might be uh, half an hour, uh, you know, yeah. $60, I, 70 I, Yeah.
2: If you call me and we're talking on the phone right now, the first thing I would tell you to do is, is if you're certain that everything started with, the, uh, with this aftermarket cruise control, we've seen a lot of issues with those, I'd get that out of there. It's probably five connections in a box under the dash. Uh, get that thing out of there and go drive it and see. How many of your problems are, are gone? That's, but, uh, but, yeah. but
1: as far as the start is concerned, that cruise control box has nothing to do with the starter. It's, it's from the right. ignition switch through the neutral switch through the clutch switch and then all the way to the trigger on the starter. Well, right, I'm, but that,
13: I'm pretty sure it's in this, this steering column because, as I said, um, I, I figured it out, too. If, if it doesn't start... Just hit the steering column and it starts right up.
1: Uh, and I'm but telling I, you I I'm, and duplicate. I'm telling you that you're going in the wrong direction because there's an adjustment down at the bottom of the steering column where the ignition switch is at. I'm gonna loosen two five sixteen screws and I'm gonna slide that up or down. Taking apart the steering column is not the fix. It's not a good idea to tell your shop how to fix the truck. It's just your idea to tell them exactly what it's doing and ask them to do it. I stand on what I said before. This is a 65 or $75 diagnostic at most any chop I know. And most of the guys that are gray-haired guys are going to probably fix it for $25 more. So you can tell them about your steering column all you want. You can tell them that you hit it and it does it. Another thing you do is push your steering column release, put the steering wheel all the way to the top, and then pull it down hard and see if it makes any difference. And if it does, it's still not a defective steering column. It's still the ignition switch that's bolted to the top of the steering column it just needs to be adjusted. Mm-hmm. All we're doing is changing that dynamic. Anyway, yeah. good luck to you, Bill. Thank you very much. Peter, you're up next. How can I help you?
10: Yeah, hi, Mark. Um I have a 81 Cutlass uh, Supreme. It used to be a diesel. I just completed the car uh, with a Chevy 383 crate engine uh, with a turbo 700. Um, we had all the new gauges, VDO gauges installed. And um, I have, originally I had a um, half inch uh, fuel line from the gas tank. To the previous uh, 350 Chevy engine, so we kept that. And with the new motor, we put these new gauges. The fuel gauge is reading half full when the tank is totally full.
11: Yeah. That's the problem.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about your 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 uh, diesel gas gauge problem, where the conversion was from gas to or from diesel to gas. And we'll be right back.
7: Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster.
12: So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes.
7: That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise.
8: Ugh.
7: Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
12: This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. President Biden is defending his decision to pull U.S. forces out of Afghanistan. But the problem is not that he pulled out, but rather how he pulled out. Americans overwhelmingly wanted out of this war, and yet 70 percent of us disapprove of Biden's action. Why? Because it was bungled. After offering confident assurances to the press about the ability of Afghan forces to resist the Taliban, the nation fell in a single week. The bad news is likely to keep rolling in as America rolls out. Refugees, violent vendettas against anyone who cooperated with us, and a nation awash with millions of new guns paid for by American taxpayers in the hands of Stone Age warlords. This debacle will haunt not just President Biden, but more importantly, it will haunt America for a long time. I'm Jerry Boyer.
0: The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, impacting policy decisions today, preparing public leaders for tomorrow.
12: Hey, there
11: he is. How's it going?
7: brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Most Friday nights I can be found in the bed of my truck on an old chase lounge. Back then I think
1: the that's uh, 26. I think we're show. supposed to do 26 or something like that, but nevertheless, I'll fix it when we get done. 35. We have a it's not a problem with anybody there. It's just a problem with me and the buttons that I have to push. And then I got the kids here and they're making me mad and um, teasing me. Andy's, Andy's,
2: and he's sitting there making us laugh. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it a little
1: tough to get going. Okay, real quick, I'm going to tell you real quick about Kurt's automo- auto repair. Kurtz is a good friend of mine, as is all the shop owners that I suggest that you try if you're geographically located close to them. He's at I-17 in Bell Road. He knows what he's doing. Eric is a really good tech. Eric is his number one tech. Kurtz has been around the block, and they're not going to sell you stuff that that you don't need, and they're not going to tell you you need stuff that you don't need or you're not due for either. But as far as diagnostics are concerned, he's one of the best. So if you're anywhere near I-17 and Bell Road, Kurtz Automotive is a great place for an oil change or to figure out why every time you start your car on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock, you hear a rooster underneath the hood. That's the kind of thing it is. Okay, we're going to go back to Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter um, has an 81 Cutlass that was a diesel. Now it's gas. He put a 383 Chevrolet in there and a Turbo 700, and he's got a gas gauge problem. Peter, the answer to your question is, is the gas gauge and the dash – the sending unit in the tank and the tank have to match. They have to come from all the same, same vehicle. So you have to order a gas gauge for your Cutlass with a gas motor in it. Then you have to order that gas tank and you have to order that sending unit. Then you may have to change some wires just with respect to having a yellow wire and a green wire. And you're going to put the green wire on instead of the yellow wire that's on. The only other thing you can do is pull the tank... Have one of your buddies sitting behind the steering wheel, and you sit there and bend the arm on the sending unit until you're happy with where, what the stroke is. Obviously, the sending unit all the way down is going to show E, and the sending unit all the way up is going to show F, but there's no quick fix. Okay?
10: Thank you. Okay, good luck, oh, Peter. Uh, excuse me. Another one, one last question. Um, I need an alignment shop for the car
1: okay what, what what are you trying to fix with the alignment tell me what 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 you're
10: saying uh, um, well i've I got brand new tires that are um 255 45 17 new wheels and um it's brand new i mean tires and wheels okay, okay. so alan, the, the steering is tilted it's not straight
1: okay okay alan uh, the what the steering wheel is not straight so yeah okay um When you when you when you put some wider seventy you when you go from a seventy five to a forty or fifty or sixty are we always doing alignments or is there still a horizontal plane on the spindle on the front end of those?
2: No, the only time we do do alignments is uh, if we modify suspension
1: or height. Yeah,
2: modify suspension height up or down, Um, change out parts, stuff like that. or, or there was wear on the old tires, or there's wear
1: on the current tires. Okay. I mean, so, Peter, if the front tires you took off of there, no matter what size they were, if those had good wear and they only wore the outside edges of both front tires, which is normal wear, the outside edge is slightly more aggressive than the rest of the tire because the tire leans to the right, leans to the left when you're turning. If that's the only wear you had, then you don't need an alignment. But if you want an alignment, just call around and ask everybody. and the, give me Give me the ballpark. Give me the range for an alignment. Um, what is it, uh, 99 to 150 Okay, yeah. so yeah. W- we think that you're going to be between $100 and $150 at any shop in town that knows their salt. But, again, if you have a, a small amount of outside edge wear on the two front tires that you took off, regardless of the fact that you put some hot rod tires back on, wider tires back on, you, the horizontal plane of the spindle will be the same. So, good luck to you, Peter. Thank you very much for calling. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. And if you'd like to call in now, we've got time and we've got another hour after this one. So we're going to go from 11 to 12 as well. Let me tell you about another good shop, and that's Action Auto Repair. He's up at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983. You see, a lot of us got started way back in the 70s and the 80s, and we've been friends since then and I can vouch for the guys that have been around 20 and 30 years because you're not around 20 or 30 years if you're taking advantage of people and having them write huge checks for work that they don't need to have done. Those guys don't last more than two or three years before they go broke or because th- before the neighborhood wakes up to the fact that uh, they're selling a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be done. The old gray-haired guys that have been around a long time understand that there's plenty of work out there we don't have to make up uh, ideas about why you need to have your engine overhauled or whatever so he's a good guy i've known him a very long time action auto repair i-17 in deer valley he's been serving that deer valley in north phoenix area since 1983 and Gil, anybody on the uh wings jack good morning how can i help you
4: i just had a question about trans they were talking about transmissions i had a uh Question about
1: this new synthetic uh, transmission fluid they have. Okay. Uh, Let me just tell you the difference, okay? The conventional transmission fluid was a man-made oil, and it had an expected life of about one-third of what the new synthetic is. The new synthetic has much higher temperature tolerance. The old stuff, probably at 230 to 250, turned to a tar. The new stuff is still flowing Red is red, pretty is pretty uh, at 500 degrees. Now, there's a lot of your transmission that will never survive a 500 (laughs) degree internal temperature. But if you get up and you get into the 300 range with a conventional, you're probably going to burn some of your fluid, but with a synthetic, you're not. And the synthetic will continue to protect your transmission. But it also has a longer interval. So there's, the interval's about a, a 100,000 miles. There's
2: a lot of other questions I have, uh, you know, yeah. why you're asking this issue. Are, are you thinking of switching an old car to a synthetic, or what are you What are you doing?
4: No, here, here's here's my question. I have an 08 V8 Dodge Dakota, and at 80,000 miles, I uh, did a transmission fluid change. I replaced it. But now with this new uh, synthetic transmission fluid, I was wondering if it would be worthwhile or necessary to you know, switch out the transmission
2: fluid with the new synthetic stuff if that would give me a... a I'm not even better. sure. Do, is there even a conventional transmission fluid anymore? I don't... You know, I don't... I'm. Sh- yes, there is. Okay.
1: But I'm not quite sure that there's going to be a big benefit for you to change that now. No. I think no. at the next service would be per- certainly appropriate. But let me... Do you haul anything behind this truck?
4: No, not really.
1: Okay. <laughs> do you ever abuse it? Does your wife go out Friday night on Central and drag race or anything like that? <laughs> No, she, she rarely even drives it. Okay. So I'm I'm quite sure in the absence of, of you towing a trailer or if you're going to Flagstaff with the horse trailer or or, or, or you're doing the stuff that causes the transmission to run in the two to three hundred degrees, I'm not quite sure I, I would suggest that you do that. I think I think now, when you changed it, was it did it smell burnt or was it still rosy?
4: You know, I don't even know. The mechanic just told me at 80,000 miles it's time to do a fluid change. I did my brake fluid, my training fluid. my. Uh, I, w- I mean,
3: <gasps> I, I would say probably, save yeah, the money. What's, what did you say? What's that? I, s- I uh, said I would just save the money and stick with the fluid that you're running in it now. I,
1: I, would, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I agree with Andy. I, I think that um, I, I think it's going to give you a false sense of security. How many miles are on it right now?
4: 110, I did it at 80, so when, when okay. would be the next tranny fluid
1: change? Well, I think you should go and, and default back to your manual. I think your manual is going to have a 30 or a 40 or a 50 or a 60 call. So look at your owner's manual, and I'd stick pretty close to that. I, I would also think that if you'd pull the stick now and look at it and smell it because you've got new fluid in it, then as long as yeah. you can continue to look and smell like that, it's going to be okay. But if I were you, I'd be. You're probably going to change it again in forty thousand miles plus or minus ten. I'm guessing your manual's right. going to be forty thousand plus or minus ten. So from thirty to fifty is probably going to be when it's going to be called for.
4: So I'm at one hundred and ten now, so stay at one hundred forty thousand miles. Sure. Yeah. So one hundred
1: fifty. Yeah. yeah.
4: What do you do? Smell for a burnt smell on training You'll food? you'll know. Really know.
2: You, you'll know. I mean, have you ever smelled a a, a brand new uh, you know virgin training fluid? I mean, it, it, it it's very, very red, almost pink, um, and it smells uh, y- y- almost sweet. It does. Almost sweet. Yeah. You, if you pull it and it's brown and it's, you, you, you will be able to know if it's burnt. There's zero question. I mean, we could teach an ape to do that. So
1: it's real simple. And we have. His name is
8: Alan. That's right. Um, we've That's taught right. him
1: how to do that. The The idea is is you don't have any of the symptoms and you don't have any of the characteristics that we see. Now, keep in mind you've been around the world four times at the equator, 100,000 miles. Right that transmission is not going to live forever. I doubt very seriously if that transmission will still be alive at 150. That's six times around the earth. But by the same token, okay. having a new transmission put in is starts it over again. You got another 150,000 miles to go. So that'll be a choice that you'll have to make.
3: And you're going to have some I mean indications of, uh, you know, starting to fail or having issues
1: before it's not just going to I it's mean, not,
3: rarely do they just you know, Welcome one day back. go out.
1: And, and what she means is is that, that example, you'll get in the morning, you'll put it in drive, and it'll be a delayed engagement. And it'll do it. Every time right. you start it cold, it'll have a delayed engagement. And then it'll all of a sudden search forward. But during the day, it's fine. Well, those are hard internal seals. Sometimes you stuff it to the floor, and it'll slip before you feel the engine grab a hold, or the the engine grab a hold of the rear wheels through the transmission. So there'll be symptoms for you. Just you don't ignore them. But no one can promise you that you're going to get ten more thousand. But my bet is, is so far, my bet is you'd be, you'll be, you'll be buying a tranny somewhere around one forty, one fifty. Okay.
4: I know. I know everybody's going with the synthetic oil, so I was just wondering about the synthetic tranny. Yeah, I'd say just stick with white.
3: yeah, what you're doing.
1: None of us would do it, and I wouldn't do it on my truck either. I, I I mean, and and the synthetic goes a long time. It gives people a false sense of security, so when they look in their manual and say, oh, okay, I can go 100,000 miles with my transmission, that doesn't mean someone shouldn't be pulling the dipstick and smelling it. That shouldn't be, we shouldn't take a look at it every once in a while in the event that you did haul a boat to Lake Powell one day or one weekend. So it's just a matter of looking at it. That's all. Okay?
4: Okay. Well, Synthetic is a superior product to the previous stuff. Yeah, but it's
1: also three or four times more money for you too.
4: Yeah,
1: I mean, so it's okay. it's uh, if your transmission is going to fail at fifty, then why don't you just have it fail in the cheap oil and put the synthetic in the new one? <laughs>
3: And it's okay. not going to prevent a failure.
1: And it's not going to prevent a failure. Thank and you, And it's Andy. not going
2: to make you love you more.
1: And it's not going to make your yeah. car love you more either. <laughs> That's my word. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, it, and, and with all due respect to you, Jack, there's lots of people that think that if they give it pr- premium gas, or if they put in synthetic oil, or if they, if they put nitrogen in their tires, their car's going to love them more. And my suggestion is, is the car has a brain and it has everything to do with what comes out of the tailpipe, but it doesn't know... ...that you're never going to pass gas in the driver's seat. It doesn't know that. It doesn't know if you're going to abuse it. So, and I'm not talking about your wife either, okay? All right, thank you very much. Good luck to you. We're going to have another hour of fun, so you're welcome to join us. The lines are wide open, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Sitting next to me is Andy, my daughter. She runs our operation. Alan runs the floor. He runs the mechanical side, the performance side, the diesel side, the motorhome side... The construction equipment side, is there anything I haven't covered? The practical jokes. <laughs> yeah. I, I do
2: those. The, I, entertainment. the entertainment. Entertainment. I run entertainment. that I run that division, yeah. I'm and I am the president and CEO and I there's no one as good as me on that for sure. <laughs> and the I am the rule rule enforcement.
1: Rule enforcement. And yeah, rule okay. enforcement. And number one rule breaker. The number one rule breaker, yeah. 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 And so you two guys work together real well. Mm hmm. Yep. And do you do what she says to do? Yeah. Typically? Every, every
2: time? It depends on what it is. Okay. She told me to go get lunch yesterday. I went and got lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: let's cue the whining. That's the first time in maybe 10
2: years. <laughs> Seriously, if, she, if she's not here, I don't eat. <laughs> Seriously? No, I starve.
3: We were going to Texas one time and he's like, <laughs> what am I going to do for lunch? And I'm like, I don't know. What do you feel like? Order food yourself. (laughs) I think we were on the road in Texas. I said, you know what? I'll do you a
2: solid. uh, (laughs) I'll call it in for you, but you have to go pick it up. I'm not even kidding (laughs) you. This is the God's (laughs) own truth. We laugh about this all the time. I I know we got not not much time, but me and my wife were out to lunch one time and we are I think we were at Payway or something. And uh, we get up to the thing and I'm staring at the menu board. I'm like, I have, she goes, what do you want? And I said, I don't know. Call Andy. I, I don't know what I can here.
5: <laughs> that, that is so that, that ridiculous. Is that is the God's
2: honest truth. I
11: don't, I don't so know. Heather call calls me.
3: She's like, hey, what does Alan get from Payway? He, he doesn't know. I'm like, oh, my.
1: <laughs> wow. That's okay. That's okay. There's probably That's a lot what of, I handle at
3: work, people. Yeah, that's the,
1: that's the, that's the, that's the CEO part of it is, is ordering right. lunch for my that's, brother that's who right. doesn't yeah. know where we're getting. But at least you know what his menu is. And oh, I'm yeah. sure it talks about Taco Bell <laughs> and Jack in the Box <laughs> and, and Payway every once in a while. 602 508 602 is the phone number. You can call us and your car question, and we'll be back right after
0: this.